The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever wondered if power and happiness were closer than you thought? What if conscious and happy life weren't an unattainable dream? Let it start with you now. Welcome to Conscious Life and Living with your host, Jackie Chapman. Our program will help you discover that you are infinitely greater than anything you could imagine. Now, here's Jackie Chapman. Welcome to Conscious Life and Living. I'm your host, Jackie Chapman. I am so grateful for you joining us here today. Thank you. And today we have a really special call with the founder of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas himself. And Gary, thank you so much for being here today. I have been smiling all morning. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. And um, the title of today's show is Xander's No Conflict Universe. And this kind of came about uh, with a story that you shared in a class uh, last summer about uh, Xander and being on the playground. Yeah. And um, I thought this would be a fun space to play today. There, there was so much awarenesses that came with that story. And well, shall I tell it again? Yes, please do. Okay, so my grandson Xander is three, okay? And he, he went to the playground, but he's one of these strange little kids. When he goes to the playground, he has to clean the sand off of the rungs of the slide and off of things because he doesn't like things to get dirty. So he does more cleaning than he does, you know, playing sometimes. But at any rate, he was there and he had he had one of his trucks and he was letting it go down the slide and, you know, and he would take it and push it way up on the slide and let, let it go and let it go down. It would roll down. So a little kid who was about eight years old came over, grabbed his truck and uh, and took it. And Xander said, can I have my truck, please? Because he's learned to be a polite young man. Mm-hmm. And the kid goes, no. So Xander stood there for a minute thinking about that. And they said, would you like to play with me? And the kid said, yes. And so the kid started playing and sharing the truck with him. And then the kid let it roll into the sand. And Xander looked at him and he goes, "Uh, can you clean my truck off, please? And the kid went, sure. And he went over and cleaned it off, which was amazing. (laughs) But because he didn't have the point of view, he had to get his way. He didn't go into, you know, hysterics, oh, my God, mommy's taking my truck, none of that kind of stuff, which is normal kid stuff. He looked at it and went, okay, how do I get what I want? And it's like, and that's pretty much the way he lives. How do I get what I want? And if we all lived in that world, it would be a better place. Yeah, and that that just has so much information in it for all of us in so many areas. I know, isn't it funny? <laughs> mean yeah. kids know stuff? Oh, yeah, they do. Hmm. And, you know, the energy that he's being in that space, um, wow. Like, even with the little boy who took his car. Yeah. And can you talk more about the energy he's being in that? Well, he's not trying to function from conclusion, because somehow his mother's done a great job of not making him a conclusionist. (laughs) And so one of the things that occurs for him is he has this tendency to look at things from a different direction than other people do. So he's interested in how do I get what I want in life, not how do I make everybody do what I want. And, you know, it's like just that little difference in point of view, how to get what I want in life has created a whole different universe for him. And one of the things he does with his mom, he goes, mom, can I have a donut? And she goes, not until after you eat your food. Can I have half a donut? Not until you eat your food. Can I have a quarter of a donut? After you eat your food, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he's always negotiating. He's always looking for how he can get what he wants. He's never looking at how he's not going to get it. It's always about how he's 
going to get it. He just has to come up with the right way or figure out the right thing to say or how to create. And it's like, if we could all teach our kids how to Mm -hmm. do that, what an amazing world it would be. Well, and if we could even function like that ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's... Well, and there's so much lightness in his world. Yeah. Well, he's very funny because somebody came up to him the other day and says, can I have a hug? And he goes, no. <laughs> you know, and he didn't think he was wrong. He didn't think it was bad. But his mother doesn't force him to give hugs or to give kisses or any of that kind of stuff, which I was, you know, my mother used to force me to give kisses. I had an aunt whose name was uh, Edith, Aunt Edith. No, it wasn't Aunt Edith. It was Aunt Catherine. Aunt Mm -hmm. Catherine had a giant mole next to her nose, okay? And she had a rather large proboscis anyway. But (laughs) it was very interesting because, you know, it's like this woman, it's like she would come for Christmas every few years. But when she came to Christmas, my mom would go, okay, kiss Aunt Catherine for, for, you know, for giving you the present. And I would try to go to the other side of the chair so I could kiss her on the non-mole side, and she would always turn the mole towards me. And I hated giving her kisses. <laughs> so I never made my kids do that because I thought it was just, you know, it's like, kid doesn't want to give a kiss, they shouldn't have to give a kiss. Let them do whatever works for them. And my other grandchildren, when they say they don't want to, you know, it's like, give grandpa a hug and say thank you. They go, no, they don't have to. They go, yes, they do. No, they don't. I said, I can tell when they're thankful. And it's like, and if they aren't, I just won't give them any more presents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, the manipulation that you're talking about, um, I know for me, when I first started hearing um, about this, it was like there's this energy that seems to be pretty prevalent that that's a wrongness. Yeah, it's wrong to be manipulative. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if it's wrong to be manipulative, then the end result is you have to be manipulated. You've got to get that it's like when you make it wrong to be manipulative, what you do is you set it up so everybody else can manipulate you. And that's what I've watched people do again and again and again, where they, you know, they go, oh, it's wrong to manipulate. I go, okay, if it's wrong, what are the choices you have then? Well, you have to watch out for manipulation. Okay, good. So in other words, you have to judge that you're manipulative and you're going to manipulate. So you have to judge everything you do based on whether you're going to manipulate somebody or not. What if you just had a choice? You can manipulate or not. And for me, I'll manipulate any way I want. I learned years ago with kids, bribery works. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that because even with my kids, it was the same. It was really easy to to play in that space. And I didn't have a thought about it. So, yeah. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's like at one point uh, I, I, I know nothing about soccer, okay, basically. Well, I do now, but I didn't know anything about heart soccer, and my son wanted to join the soccer team. So I got him on the soccer team, and the coach got him. And he says, okay, so I need somebody to be the assistant coach, somebody who would come to practices. It's like I was the only person. I was in real estate at the time, so I could get away at my choice. So I said, well, you know, it's like I don't know anything about the thing. I can't be a good one. He goes, yes, you can. All I need is somebody to be there, you know, in in the sense of, you know, it has to be somebody who can be there. I went, okay, So, but I I don't know anything about soccer, and I don't want to have to do this. And, you know, it's like they said, okay, fine. You won't have to do it. So I'm sitting there, and I'm doing this thing, and three weeks later, the coach quits. <laughs> and now I'm in charge of doing this stuff. So I'm out there, and it's like these little kids that I got on the team were the dregs of the entire team. It was everybody who was too little, everybody who was too short, everybody who was <laughs> too incompetent was put on the same team. <laughs> and so yeah, so it's like here I am, and I'm – I'm trying to make this all work. And I go, okay, kids, if you, if you don't lose by more than five points today, I'll give you a single dip ice cream cone. If you, win by less than, if you lose by less than three points, I'll give you a double. <laughs> That's and a hysterical way to manipulate. Lost by three. Wow. <laughs> you know, 
It's like I knew they were going to lose. <laughs> couldn't possibly win. I mean, I had three little boys who would lie down in the backfield <laughs> the, the, when they were supposed to be protecting the goal. I'd look over, the ball was coming down towards them. They'd be lying down talking about what the clouds looked like in the sky. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so like, funny. Uh, <laughs> God, you're kidding me. Really? This, this, <laughs> this is the way it's going to be? What the hell is this? So I was, you know, I was always interested to see what would happen. So anyway, all of these, you know, all of these wonderful little guys, it's like I'm one day I'm out there and I'm yelling at them, get up off the ground, get to work, <laughs> you know, and this lady comes over to me and she says, you know, it's inappropriate to, you know, to yell at these kids. And I said, lady, shut up. <laughs> you stacked the team. You got all the biggest and best players in the entire league. You did that because you're in charge of this league. And I got all the worst ones. So don't give me shit about what I say to these kids. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, nobody else is going to do the job. You're going to have to fucking put up with me, lady. <laughs> and how does it get any better than that? That's really funny. Away, a little intimidated. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be manipulated. I'm not going to eat shit for anybody. But that's my point of view. And it's like apparently I teach my kids how to do that, too. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh and what about uh, manipulation in nature with wild animals? I'm just curious about that. I've been, uh, yesterday, there, the deer were out playing in the backyard, and there was a mother and her baby. The day before, we had watched the baby nurse, and they're getting big. They're like three quarters of the size of the mother, and they're getting into the season of rut where they'll be mating soon. And yeah. so um, yesterday, one of the mothers of a Fawn went to nurse on her, and she turned away from him and then stuck her foot out, straight out, like striking, but very gently laid it on his back. It was a yeah. really clear signal. And I thought, that's a manipulation, too. Well, it's not really a manipulation. It's actually, it's actually they're being very clear about delivering a communication. Okay, and it's like, and the thing is with animals, animals don't do manipulation. Only people do you manipulation because they have to, you know, get you to think about what you're choosing. With the mothers, they go, do this again. You get real kicked. Okay. And nature, they're quite honest about what they're going to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> think you can put that up there? You think you can put that thing in mama? Ain't happening. Okay. Yeah. Mama's going to kill you if you do that. <laughs> that's, that's part of how animals function in a herd. And it's like you got to get the herd mentality, and that's a whole different universe by itself. Oh, okay. So we, don't, we don't function in herds. We function in individual interactions, and you might even call it individual contests. You know, like with Xander, the 8-year-old thought he would dominate because he was older. Right. And Xander went, hmm, I don't think so. Now, how can I out-manipulate this guy so he does what I want? How can I get what I want? And it's like, and I watch kids do that. Cracks me up because Xander has an 11-year-old uh, boy that he tells everybody is his brother. Because <laughs> the kid does everything he wants and works with Xander all the time and teaches Xander stuff and is good with Xander all the time. It's really quite cool. Wow. And watch these kids interact and you go, wow, this is the way it should be between brothers and sisters, you know? And unfortunately, yeah. too many of them become competitive because one parent chooses one over the other. And, and so it becomes the competitive fest to see who's the better. And that doesn't really work very well. Right. Wow. But it's a form in which the parents manipulate the children to choose sides. Yeah. Weird, huh? <laughs> really weird. But welcome to the world of humans. Where yeah. out here, you know, where you're supposed to make it a certain way. I mean, I think one of the worst things I see is people go, What are the consequences of your actions? Yeah. I was I was talking to a guy the other day and his, his son was not doing what he was supposed to. He says, I'm you know, so I'm taking away your your iPad for a week and I'm taking away your television. I said, That is not a good idea. <laughs> I said He's 11. He's not 27. A week is way too long. Right. Hey, he's forgotten 10 minutes after he's done it what he did that was wrong. 
Now all he knows is you're being mean to him. I said, when that was done to you, how'd that work? He went, well, it never did. I said, mm. yeah, I think it's going to work on your kid? He's just <laughs> like you. you know. And he went, oh. I said, always do this, okay? If you're going to be a parent, you want to give them three warnings. If you continue that, I'm going to take away your iPad. If you do that again, I'm going to take away your iPad. And if he does it again, take away his iPad. But only until you're so frustrated, giving it back is easier on you. Wow. Because, like with this guy, it's like what he noticed is, as soon as he took away the kid's iPad, the kid wanted to spend all of his time with his father which meant the father had no time to do anything he wanted and <laughs> wanted attention. I said, I believe, and I personally believe in electronic babysitters. <laughs> TV and, you know, and iPads are just fine. <laughs> and there was manipulation on the kid's part, too, by oh, yeah. be, being in his dad's space. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to stay with you, dad. And the kid knows what he's doing, how to That's get dad sick. to agree. Yeah. Just spend all your time with him, and then he'll have no choice but to give up. <laughs> wow. Oh. Well, um, we're going to go to break here. When we come back, um, could we talk more about the vulnerability that Xander plays in that space? Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Thanks. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Jackie Chapman is a certified facilitator for Access Consciousness. She offers classes worldwide and is a global change agent seeking to raise the consciousness of the planet. If you're seeking for more, connect with Jackie through her website at JackieChapman.com for a list of her events, schedule, and to schedule classes in your area with her. Jackie offers dynamic private and group sessions, as well as business consultations via Skype, phone, and in person. JackieChapman.com. That's J-A-C-Q-U-E, Chapman.com. What if you created your body to be the ultimate physical expression of you, the infinite being? Visit JackieChapman.com and explore the beautiful you class. This class explores the over 60 access consciousness energetic body processes designed to give you the invitation to the infinite possibilities of you. What if you being is the most beautiful sight this planet has ever seen? Find out more at JackieChapman.com forward slash beauty or click on the banner now. Your beautiful body is waiting for you to unleash its potential. You are tuned to Conscious Life and Living with Jackie Chapman. Reach out to us today on the show by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radio at JackieChapman.com. That's radio at J-A-C-Q-U-E-C-H-A-P-M-A-N.com. Now, back to the program. I'm Jackie Chapman, and I'm here today with Gary Douglas, and we're having a fantastic conversation um, around children, and one in particular named Xander, who um, Gary shared a story about Xander on the playground, and and how he functions in a universe that's really just no conflict. And um, uh, earlier we were talking about the manipulation, and you know, also there's such a space of vulnerability that Xander is when he's in that space. And you had, um, I think the other day on your show on Voice America, you had, you were speaking with a person about vulnerability and, um, being as like an open wound with no scab, um, essentially something about total awareness, like all awareness. Yeah. See, the thing is, if you have no scab on an open wound, it's like the wind blowing across it is intense. But that's intense levels of awareness. It's not intense levels of pain. The problem is we define anything that's intense as pain most of the time when it actually isn't. So what would it be like if we were willing to look from, you know, from a different point of view and see what is actually possible? So it's more important from my perspective is to be vulnerable. Now, in that position with that little kid, you know, the eight-year-old, 
Xander was being vulnerable. He didn't put up any barriers to what the kid did. He just sat there with his barriers down going, okay, so how can I change this? How can I get what I want? And so he was able to look at it and see the question that would get him what he wants. Now, is he new doing this from a cognitive place? No. He does it because it's just how he's learned to be. Now, how did he learn to be that? Well, mostly from his mother and definitely not from his father. And some from his grandfather and some from his Uncle Dane and some from mm -hmm. Uncle, you know, Uncle Chris and some from Uncle Brandon and some from Uncle Jonas <laughs> and some from, you know, it's like he's had more people that have adopted, adopted him and they are, you know, they will talk to him like he's a real person, not like he's a little kid. And so he talks to others like they're real people. They're not little kids. So he, he, doesn't, he doesn't put up a barrier to people based on their size, their energy, you know, nothing. And, you know, it's like I watch him do things and I go, how the heck do you know all this? Because you're willing to be vulnerable. You're not willing to put up a barrier to receiving it. I got a wow. big kick out of him. He was in Paris recently. And uh, he had his mother take a picture of this uh, fountain and said, Gampon needs this in, in his backyard, Mommy. I bet you <laughs> buy it online. <laughs> and it's like his point of view is if you want this, you can have it. You should be able to have anything you want. And it's like, wow. it just cracks me up. And I got a big kick out of his mother because it's like he wanted some toy recently. He started pitching a fit. And so his mother said, well, you're not going to get any new toys until Christmas then. <laughs> Anyway, his eyes got really big, his tears went away, and he went, oh, oh, oh. Because the one thing he knows his mother will follow through on is not giving him toys. <laughs> the rest of the stuff, not so sure. The toys, definitely going to follow through on. So if mama makes a threat, you better be you know, ready, willing, and able to deal with it. So, you know, I just, it just cracks me up. I mean, the kid gets it. But it's mostly because he doesn't have any barrier to receiving anything. He's willing to receive people's angers, their upsets, all that kind of stuff. Most amusing. It's like I. Uh, it's like he was meeting somebody recently, and the person that he was meeting does not like people of color, and and so he took my you know my personal assistant as a black man. And he took the black man's hand and walked in to meet this person because wow. he knew that that would just scramble the guy's brain. Wow. <laughs> I went, God, are you a smart little dude. You know, the one thing that would make the guy completely nuts was him holding hands with, and then he refused to hold hands with him. Oh. I went, wow. Oh, God, you're just way too damn smart, kid. Nope. Wow. He knew exactly was what was not going to be acceptable to this guy, and he did it. And the guy reacted in a way that made sense to Xander. Good. I knew this would be the problem. No problem. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm going, wow, this is pretty darn amazing that a kid this age is willing to see that place in the person where they can't have that. Because his point of view is, he's my friend. You know, and it's like he doesn't have... You know, little kids, generally speaking, don't have any, you know, racist points of view. Big people do. And it's so amazing because it's like my youngest daughter, Grace, used to, she, she had a Latino nanny. And so she would see a little Latino kid and run up to him, hug him, and give him kisses. Because as far as she was concerned, they were all related to her. <laughs> wow. That was hysterically funny. <laughs> And she couldn't decide whether she was going to speak English or she was going to speak Spanish until after she was two years old. Wow. And it was, you know, it was really cute. And today she speaks both languages, which is great. But it's wow. so amazing when, you know, it's so amazing when you see these, these kids that are not raised with a particular point of view. It's like for them, it's like, why wouldn't you like everybody if everybody's likable? But he won't have things to do with people that he knows are mean. He knows. Mm -hmm. And he won't have anything to do with them. Why? Because wow. he's vulnerable and he's willing to receive whatever information he needs. So 
That's <laughs> Westminster Abbey. I'm just <laughs> you know, it's like in, last year for Christmas we had some little kids here, and I have this old antique music box that looks like a Swiss chalet, and yeah. I told them not to play with it. And I came upstairs, and the door to my room was closed. And they just broken it. Just, you know, they just broke them, pulled the doors out, pulled the fences off, done all of this really bad stuff. Mm. And I went, who did this? And the little girl went, I don't know. And Xander said, we did. Because oh. <laughs> he has no point of view. He's not supposed to, that he has to lie. He has a point of view of, I did it. So what does that mean? What do wow. I do now? <laughs> he's not willing to lie about things it's like i you know but he will find a way to get out of things it was very interesting because he had been he'd watched ghostbusters when we were in uh new zealand yeah. and we uh he he went home with his mother and and uh she came in and his you know his table was a mess he's supposed to clean up after himself and she said who made this mess he goes the ghost did it so she went okay so i got a choice i can get upset about this or i can do something with this and she got smart so she used it so when he did something she wasn't happy with his ipad disappeared (laughs) ipad the ghost must have taken it that ended that excuse real quick (laughs) that's hysterical (laughs) yep Uh So they come in with a natural tendency to manipulate. If you don't think they do, just look at it this way, okay? You ever met a baby who couldn't yell at just the right tone to get you jumping (laughs) out of your bed and running before you're even awake? Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they come in with this knowledge of how to manipulate. Wow. It's like, that's normal for them. Only we have the point of view it's wrong. Their point of view is, isn't this what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. And they yell at just the right tone, and you're up and running. <laughs> they, you know, and they make certain noises, and you know you got to respond to them. You can't just leave them lying there in the crib. You got to get up. It's going to it's designed to to scrape down the chalkboard <laughs> of your spine to make you get up and go. <laughs> I actually love that about kids because they're very honest. Well, and there's just no like you were saying. It's amazing when you when you're talking about Xander, how there's just no judgment in his universe. He's just, and and he's totally willing to be aware of everything without any judgment about it. Wow. I know. I mean, it was very cute because he had a babysitter at one of the events and his mom wanted to have some time, you know, let him go off with the kids and stuff. So he had a babysitter so he could go off with the kids. Then he decided he was tired of her and he wanted to be with his mother. (laughs) And so he he says to the lady, no, I'm going to the class today. I don't need you. <laughs> That's hysterical. How old is he? He's three. Three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. I don't need you. I'm going to the class today. I don't need you. <laughs> and it just cracks me up. I mean, he knows what's true for him. He knows how he's going to work it for him. He knows what he wants, what he requires, what he desires. All of those things are real to him, and they're not real to most of us. We don't look at what we require and desire. We look at what we think we're supposed to have or how we think we're supposed to do it or how we think it's supposed to be. And it's like, what if we didn't do that? What if we didn't have to have that kind of insanity as part of our reality? Yeah. What else is possible? Wow. Wow. Well, where would someone start if they're listening to this for the first time and going, okay, so how would I even begin? So I would say, what have I made so vital about always judging me that keeps me looking for the wrongness of me for all, through all eternity? Wow. Yeah. And everything that is times God's only when you start on creating. Yes. Wrong, good, bad, pot, I call <laughs> shorts, boys, and beyonds. Wow. You know, and if somebody, if people put that on a loop and started listening to it, it started giving them that place that, you know, they were, would willingly trust themselves better. One of the things, one of the other things is I ask people to look at their lives. You know, it's like, I'm sure you didn't do it, but I did do it a few times where I would go out and I would go home with somebody that I thought, oh, they're so beautiful. And I knew it was going to work out well. (laughs) 
but I already decided I just had to do it because, well, you know, it's like I'm a man, I have to get laid. Hmm. No, luckily women don't have that point of view. Do <laughs> they? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it was just amusing to me to realize that I would cut off my awareness in order to do what I thought I was supposed to do that was right to be a man. And the end result was that I got to this place where I finally realized, wait a minute, I was aware of that. I knew I shouldn't do it, but I did it anyway. So that's awareness. And it's like most of us don't look at our past where we knew we shouldn't do something and we did it anyway. Yeah. No, you shouldn't do something and you do it anyway and you get caught or you know you shouldn't do something and you did it anyway and it turned out exactly the way you knew it would. Mm -hmm. All of that is the place where we're not willing to look at what's actually true and real for us, where we have to function as though somehow we're going to get away with something rather than do we want to get away with something or do we want something else? Is there something else possible we haven't considered? And that's the thing that I think is most important for people. Yeah, and so much of the tools have, for me, have just been about stripping away the judgments and the separation. And, yeah, well, you know, it's not a normal state to judge. You know, like animals don't judge. Mm-hmm. They don't judge anything. They go, okay, can I stick my head through this thing and and eat? Yeah, they do. You know, can I get my? Can I get through here and eat? Can I do this? Can I do this? They function far more in question than we do. Yeah. And it's like, and if we could learn from the, the animal world, we could learn how to be based on them instead of trying to be according to somebody else's reality. A whole lot of yeah. things could happen. Yeah, just that awareness. You know, it's interesting. Um, last year, I got to watch two bucks um, out in the back here. And they, up until this point, they had been like playing um, play fighting, you know, with kind of clicking their horns together. And then there came a day where everyone was ready. And these two bucks um, kind of faced off to each other. And I and, and suddenly the energy just changed. And it was like this massive explosion on the part of both of them as they hit each other. And yet the loser, before they hit, I could already see the loser buckling. Yeah. It was really interesting. It was like energetically that it was already a given what was going to happen. It was really cool. Well, it's like it was interesting because I met a lady who was a vet. And she mm-hmm. was talking about horses and stallions in particular, because in the United States, we're completely nuts about how we see stallions. We think that, you know, they're dangerous and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. No, they're not. But mm-hmm. basically what she talked about is when a stallion fights, they're doing a slap hands. It's who's ever fastest is the one mm-hmm. that wins. Now, why? Because that's what's needed for the survival of the species. The yeah. fastest, always the fastest runners, the fastest, you know, the fastest for how they can move and fight things and do things is the one that will protect the herd. So it's like right. they're literally the whole, the whole shoot match is about that. And we keep trying to see that they're fighting and they're going to fight to the death. Well, mm-hmm. fight to the death is very seldom done in the animal community. They right. will fight to see who's the strongest and they'll fight to see who's the fastest because that's, you know, it's like for prey animals like deer and, for animals like deer and like horses and stuff, it's like they have to be fast if they don't want to get eaten. Right. Move quick. Right. Wow. That's a really important perspective to see. And if we got clear about how can we be faster in our awareness instead of faster in our conclusions, we would have <laughs> A species would actually friggin' survive. <laughs> Is there a clearing we can do for that? <laughs> yeah, the stupidity I'm using to create the stupidity I'm choosing, <laughs> and everything that is destroyed and created all. Yeah. Wow. Right, wrong, good, bad, pop, pop, all nine shorts, boys, and beyonds. Wow. <laughs> We are going to go to break here, and when we come back, let's talk more about the barriers being down. Okay. Yeah, okay, thanks. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. What if you created your body to be the ultimate physical expression of you? The Infinite Being. Visit JackieChapman.com and explore the beautiful you class. 
This class explores the over 60 access consciousness energetic body processes designed to give you the invitation to the infinite possibilities of you. What if you being is the most beautiful sight this planet has ever seen? Find out more at JackieChapman.com forward slash beauty or click on the banner now. Your beautiful body is waiting for you to unleash its potential. Jackie Chapman is a certified facilitator for Access Consciousness. She offers classes worldwide and is a global change agent seeking to raise the consciousness of the planet. If you're seeking for more, connect with Jackie through her website at JackieChapman.com for a list of her events, schedule, and to schedule classes in your area with her. Jackie offers dynamic private and group sessions, as well as business consultations via Skype, phone, and in person. JackieChapman.com. That's J-A-C-Q-U-E, Chapman.com. You are tuned to Conscious Life and Living with Jackie Chapman. Reach out to us today on the show by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radio at JackieChapman.com. That's radio at J-A-C-Q-U-E-C-H-A-P-M-A-N.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Conscious Life and Living, and I'm Jackie Chapman. I'm here today with Gary Douglas. We've been having an amazing conversation about so many different aspects of being vulnerable. And um, one of the things we were talking about, Gary, that um, I'd love to have you talk more is um, about having no barriers. Like when you're talking about Xander, just there are no barriers in his universe. Yeah. But the thing is, is like what you got to get is we learn to have barriers in our universe. Mm. You know, it's like one of the things I noticed years ago. I, I went to, when I was young, I went to, I wasn't that young. But when I was young, I went to uh, Europe. And I went there with not a lot of money. And I was going to stay for six months. And I went to Holland is one of the first places I went. And I stayed with some people there. And it was interesting because they had this thing that I noticed that they were doing with their kids. And what they would do is they would say to the kid, this is not, no, you know, like the kid would try to touch something that was valuable. And they go, no, that's mine. Here, this is yours. And they would give them their thing. They wouldn't hit them. They wouldn't tell them no. They wouldn't do any of that kind of stuff. And I realized that we in this country were doing this thing of, you can't have that. You know, you can't have that. That's, you know, it's like here. No, that's not yours. Not here. This is yours and this is mine. So they got a sense of ownership. And I also Mm -hmm. noticed in the stores, they would do this weird thing of doing, uh, you know, people would walk by a, you know, a kid doing something wrong and they go, neat dune, don't do that. You know, and they would, you know, and they would, the whole, you know, the whole world would tell them what not to do. Don't do that. And it's like, so everybody, you know, they got real clear that everybody was showing them what they could do and what they couldn't do. Instead of they were wrong, they weren't wrong. They just couldn't do these things. So it became this place where I realized, wow, if you don't do that, you end up with people who are kinder. Because the one thing Mm -hmm. I noticed in Holland, the people were kinder and they were less judgmental than other people. And I was really quite surprised. I mean, this was in the 70s, and they had, they had unshielded penises on television. <laughs> you know, we still don't have unshielded penises on television. We're so, you know, like, we're so uh, rigidly Victorian. You know, it's like, how the hell did we get this way? We are not the brightest crayons in the, block, in the box, I'm telling you. But at any rate, it's like one of the things I noticed is that. And so I raised my kids from the point of view of, here, this is mine. And it's like I didn't tell them they couldn't touch anything. And pretty much 90% of the antiques and stuff, I think I had 2% of anything I owned that was valuable ever broken. Wow. And it's like my kids grew up with antiques, thought nothing of the antiques being around. And I wouldn't tell them they couldn't touch them. And just say, okay, you need to be, you know, you need to treat this gently because this is, you know, this is something that's, that's valuable. Treat it gently. And they go, what? I go, yeah, gentle. You know, it's like, this is gentle. 
this is mm-hmm. not. And I grab him and they go, yeah. oh. You know, so I taught them what gentle was. And I, the other thing I did when they were, when they were little and they'd reach for the hot stove, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go, don't touch that. I go, that's hot. If you touch it, it's going to hurt. And they put their hand toward it like they were going to do it. And then they feel the heat and they go, mm, never mind. <laughs> and, they would quit. and it's like, you know, I, I think that from my point of view is if you teach your children to be aware of what's going to occur, then it's not about the consequences of your actions, which, you know, so many of us grew up with. Be aware yeah. of the consequences of your actions, young man. I go, what the hell does that mean? Right. Well, and you allow choice without judgment. Yeah, choice without <laughs> judgment. <laughs> that makes all the difference in the world, and that's what I see Xander has, and that's what his mother is giving him. Choice mm-hmm. without judgment. Wow. Yeah, if we could have that for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> if we could just get smart enough to give ourselves allowance, it would be great. Yeah. You know, it's like and you know, it's like you got, you know, it's like allowances, everything's just an interesting point of view. You know, it's like, and if you align and agree with a point of view or you resist and react to a point of view, you're like the stone in the river. If you align and agree, you get washed away in the river. And if you resist and react, the river runs over the top of you. But if you're an allowance of it, then you can choose to put yourself or be wherever you want to be in order to make a different reality. And I personally like creating a different reality. Yeah. Well, and you, you were saying a story the other day on your show about um, when you used to stub your toe a lot. And then you yeah. find if you were protecting your toe. Can you talk about that? That was really yeah. interesting. Yes, I, I discovered that if I was trying to protect my toe, everybody would step on it. <laughs> it's like it had a big stein over going, step here. And when I would finally be in allowance, I'm like, okay, so I got a stub toe and everybody's going to step on it. Suddenly they stopped stepping on it. I went, that's weird. Now that I don't have a point of view about it, you know, but I didn't think of it that way. I just went, now that I don't care, nobody stares on it. Steps. Wow. But when I cared about it, everybody stepped on it. <laughs> that's that about. But it wasn't <laughs> years later that I discovered access and got the awareness of what that was really all about. So the clearings that you run sometimes, you know, that seem to be so opposite and yet create such lightness, that's what that's all about. Yeah. Because wow. like you, when you resist something, you're resisting anything. Like mm-hmm. one of the things I've, I've done with people is like when they're, you know, they're sick and they have cancer or something, I'll go, okay, so what are you dying to get out of? And it's amazing to me how many people will, after three or four layers of it, will go, I'm dying to get out of my relationship. Uh, would you consider divorce? Yeah. If they say no, I go, well, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because if they've already decided what they can't do or won't do, they've already decided they've got to die to get out of whatever they're in that they don't want to be in. Wow. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and that decision that you can't or won't do or be something. Yep. Anytime you decide you can't do or be something, it's the place where you start killing yourself to make that a reality. Wow. Uh, it just amazes me. Mm-hmm. A lady one time who came to one of my classes, and she says, I'm going to change everything in my life except my relationship. <laughs> and I go, oh, no. <laughs> so I'm there and I'm going, okay, everything except her relationship. <laughs> so I'm I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, working with her on some stuff and you know, about three months in after she's changed a whole lot of stuff in her life, she comes in and she's devastated and I go, What's wrong? I just found out my husband's been cheating on me for three years and I didn't know it. That's because she decided she had a perfect relationship. Wow. And when you decide something's perfect or you decide it's exactly the way it's supposed to be or you don't need to change it or it you know, doesn't need to get any better than it is, you start creating that place where difficulties can begin. And it's so amazing to see, you know, to see when people do that because it's, it's just not actually in their best interest. Yeah. Well. Wow. Well, and I've I've just I've just so loved the tools, and there's so many spaces to play in with it that are such a gift. 
Well, I love that about access. It's like, you know, the tools work and if you, if you use them, you get results. You know, it's like I, I did all kind of metaphysical stuff years ago and they would tell you, you know, it's like if you, you know, it's like you want to handle your money problems, loom, you know, weave on the loom of Maya and the seventh house and the son <laughs> of the, you know, and it's like, I go, what the hell does that mean? And how do I apply that to my life? Yeah. They go, don't be so negative. I said, I'm negative. You just gave me a crock of shit and told me this is what's going to change my life. It's like, I want to know that this is really going to change my life. Can't you give me a tool that's actually going to change it? So when I started Access, I went, you know, if this is not pragmatic, is this, if this is not useful, I don't want to do this. Yeah. So everything in Access is designed to create a place where you can have everything you want with ease and joy and glory. I know, right? I was thinking about that today going, my life is so much more fun just because of these tools. <laughs> Isn't it terrible? I know, so, right? A lot of people get that. I always think it's so interesting because people, you know, their lives get easier and better. And it's like, and they go, you know, it's like, what's it going to take for it to get better? I said, <laughs> what have you been doing? Yeah. Access. I go, okay, maybe you need to do a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if it's getting good now, what else could it get if you were willing to let it get better? Yeah, and you know, the clarity that we were talking about that Xander has and just for being and the animals when we talk about the in nature. Um, I once heard you talking to somebody who, um, I can't remember exactly how it finished because what's interesting is I couldn't hear it, um, the ending of it, but you were speaking about if you're trying to prove something you already are, and I couldn't hear the rest of it. If you're trying to prove something you are, you know, it's like I'm a good person, okay? I had Mm -hmm. somebody the day was trying to prove they were a good person. He said, in order to have the point of view, you have to prove you're a good person. You have to decide that you're actually an evil little frig. And she, and she went, what? I said, yeah. You know, it's like, well, how do I get out of that? Run, what energy, space, and consciousness can I be to be as evil as I truly be for all eternity? Because <laughs> if you take away the judgment, then you have the choice to be evil or not. If you're trying to prove you're not evil, guess what? moment you try to prove you're not evil, you've decided you are evil, then everything has to run through the judgment of your evilness, uh, choice or disability. Wow. So proving is just an energy of judgment. Yeah. It's just one of the elements of judgment. Because like, if you're trying to prove something, you're trying to prove the opposite of what you've decided you are, mostly. Wow. What if you never had to prove anything? Yeah. That would be nice. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like proving and defending are the two things we do a lot. You know, we're and always looking for how we have to defend our point of view. Yeah. It's a resistance and reaction. Yeah. It's a resistance and reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're an allowance, you're the rock in the stream. And, the, you know, it's like the stream comes in, goes around you, and there's nothing that gets washed away and nothing you get caught up in. So it's a great possibility when you have that. So, kind of cool. Yeah, and is there a clearing we could run for something like that? Yeah. What have I made so vital about never being an allowance that keeps me in a constant state of judgment of me? Yeah. Wow. Everything that is times a God's doing, we just don't create it all. Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys and beyonds. Wow. Pretty amazing, isn't it? <laughs> the thing is, we spend so much time trying to prove we're something we're not, and but we've already had to decide we are that in order to try and prove we're not that. Yeah. The reality is, you're an infinite being. There isn't anything you haven't been or done in one lifetime or another, and there isn't anyone you haven't been or done in one lifetime or another. <laughs> so if you get that, and you get, okay, so what choices am I making today, and what's possible I haven't even considered? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's... What choices haven't I considered? We have so many choices in our life, and yet we act like we have no choice. Mm. So where do you live, Jackie? I am in Montana. Montana. No wonder you have to stare outside your 
you know. <laughs> I know. I just, I was telling the producer on break that, um, yes, it was a couple of days ago, but, um, I'm working on my computer and my window, my view is amazing. And I noticed something. I looked up and a mother bear and her two cubs were running. They jumped in the pond and ran across into the marsh and wherever they went, but <laughs> it's pretty normal around here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, what a gift to have that as, you know, but you didn't create that, right? <laughs> Actually, yes, I did. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what I want you to get. It's like the thing is you create where you live. So if you're unhappy with where you're living, hey, I created it. If I can create this, what else can I create? What else I is know. Yeah. It's <laughs> and how- talented. You can do anything. Wow. Yeah. And how does it get any better? Wow. Does it get any better than this? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I just, I, I so appreciate you being here today and thank you so much for the contribution that you are and that you be. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you. And, and hopefully and, uh, get a chance to do it some other time. Ah, uh, that would be awesome. Okay. Thanks Take you, care, man. Gary. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for making Conscious Life and Living a part of your day. Please join your host, Jackie Chapman, again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go, be kind, acknowledge what is, and remember to ask, if not you, then who? Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.